BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Kat Sadler, and it sure is a beautiful day. After such a bleak year, it's time for some joy. And I cannot wait for you to hear my fresh and fun new show. I crack open about mom life, relationships, wellness, and beauty, all the things. Plus, I have provocative conversations with some of the most fascinating and famous faces in pop culture. I'm here to lift you up and make you think. Check out It Sure Is a Beautiful Day with me and you every Tuesday. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture. I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. everyone i'm so excited for this week's guest before he came on i googled if he made it to the fantasy suites because i couldn't remember because the season was so long ago no i'm just kidding <laughs> jason tardick i'm so excited you're here oh my god you are like reaching in the bottom of the barrel of the bachelor to find me i mean you gotta go back in the history books but i'll clarify that i made it to third and i got dumped at dinner right before the fantasy suites so that goes, we'll jump right into it, Jason. That goes, so you're basically validating Nick Viles. He he said that rarely does a lead sleep with all three. They usually sleep with two. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? So so your example with Becca, you were on Becca Kufrin season. That, I mean, is a perfect example because you were third and right before you were let go. So she only did it with two. Yeah. So she, yeah, I was let go. And then she had an overnight with Blake and Garrett. So that was two. And I remember, I think watching seasons after that, it was actually pretty similar to that. And the fact that, you know, you'd have to fact check me here, but I remember like the Luke guy on Hannah B's season, there was only oh. two people, I believe that went to fantasy suites. I could be wrong, but there was two. And then did Michelle not have Michelle did it with Joe. She did it with Nate. Did she not do it with Lover Brandon? No, I think Brandon got cut before, right? Yeah. Oh. Michelle, wait a second. Now I get Hannah B because she did it in the windmill four times with Peter, right? We all know that. She yeah. definitely did an overnight with Tyler no, and was, Jed. No, 
No, Tyler. This goes down the history books, Jay. Bring me back, Amanda. Okay, Jay. Is that, you guys, I'm calling him Jay, and I think it's funny because Instagram is a weird place, and I feel like I know him, and I can call him Jay, even though it's the first time we're meeting. Amanda, um, all my friends call me Jay, and then, like, people from, like, The Bachelor World call me Jason, and, like, it's like my name, like, translated. Now it's always Jason. So you call me whatever you want. I've been called okay, a lot worse than Caitlin Jay. Caitlin calls you Jay, right? She calls me a lot of things, but Jay and Jason <laughs> fall under that. If you guys didn't know, Jason Tardik is also engaged to Caitlin Bristow, also from Bachelor Nation, and Okay, so we're we're bringing it back. Okay, the fact that you thought the Hannah B did it with Tyler is huge, huge because this goes down the history books of like no one can believe that she gave up the opportunity to do it with Tyler, but that's basically what happened. She was like, she even thought that maybe I don't remember the excuse. It she she was kind of like she didn't want it to rely too much on the physical, so she like Got was it. literally like. NVM to this. And what's so funny, and my comedian friend Jared Fried, Fried always says this about Tyler, is the way he took it was like so quote unquote gentlemany that he was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. And everyone was like, <laughs> oh, Tyler, you're amazing. Um, even though, what was he supposed to do? You know? Can yeah. I, I think what I meant by that is she, because she definitely had fantasy nights, though, with three. You don't want to imply that she, who knows what happened, but she did go back with three, right? And that, yes. I, I feel like to Nick's point, if you looked at the history books of the Bachelor world, I do feel like that's pretty rare. I feel like at least one person typically gets booted before, but I could be wrong. Is this something from your knowledge that's like just happens or do you think this is something that's kind of like, are you sure you want to go with all three? Like, how does that happen that so many times the same kind of shindig goes down? Well, I think that episode, right, that you need every <laughs> every episode needs drama for ratings, right? Mm. And that's an episode where you have three people that are like really into this individual. So if all three have a happy night and they all go back and all life is good, what a boring ass episode. <laughs> gotcha. You know, when I was thinking about our episode today because I watched Becca season and I'm not just saying this because you're on the pod but like we loved you we loved your vibe and if I remember correctly wasn't everything going so well until that date yeah it was like everything was great like the hometowns were awesome and then we had this date in Thailand and it was so hot it was uncomfortably hot and I always joke around because I always got like the worst dates like people would get to go like on these unbelievable airplane rides and like you know climb a skyscraper and these like you know a hot tub and pool i have the shittiest dates like my one-on-one we went to a donut shop and then we went to this like edgar aller poe it was like this happy hour where they're like drinking blood like vampires i honestly think the only reason they did that date is because they think i look like a vampire with my uh thing so they like wanted the public to like jump on that train and i don't know that it connected peaks. what is this called a peak the, the widow peak yeah so i widow think they were peak. like oh he kind of looks like a vampire and i remember that day i dressed in like completely like all black head to toe and they were like perfect outfits exactly what we wanted <laughs> now i'm like oh that's why but then uh you know in buffalo we had like a 
chicken wing eating contest. Like, what the hell? And then in Thailand. <laughs> and this is when this is when the bachelor was like, you guys, this was pre-COVID time. Pre-COVID. People were doing They were crazy doing cool shit. stuff. I remember Blake, I would joke around. Blake got like a concert with Becca's favorite musician ever. And there's like thousands of people there. I go to Thailand. It is so damn hot. I'm sweating profusely. We ate crickets. We got like forced to eat crickets. And then we went to this like really, it is a historic place in Thailand that's very like religious based. I'm blanking on the name of it. But the whole thing in this area is you couldn't touch each other. So like here I'm on a date eating crickets in the heat and literally we could not even hold hands. And that's like everything went to shit. And you were probably if I if I remember and if I know your vibe wearing like a fucking like suit or something. <laughs> or like a coat. Yeah, I was wearing <laughs> I, I wore way too many layers with like a collar, like an idiot. So it was just a mess. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you're bringing me back. You're bringing me back. So did you watch The Bachelor before you went on? No. I, well, he, my mom was always obsessed with the show. So I remember like 2002, 2003, Trista Ryan season. Like I, it was like a thing I watched with my mom. And then life happened and I never watched it. But then I had one roommate in my 20s who was obsessed with it, still is. His name's Jeff Ramlow, watches every episode. So here and there, we would like pop in. I remember Nick Vial's episode. We watched a few. But other than that, no. No. And you went to SUNY Geneseo, which is so crazy. I'm a New Yorker. So, you know, seeing Sunnis in, in somebody's like education is like, you know, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Because I, I feel like not a lot of East Coasters, like kind of New York area. You're from Buffalo originally, right? Yep. Born in Buffalo. People, yep. People are always from like random Midwestern towns, I feel like on The Bachelor. Yeah. there. Are, I don't know too many Buffalo people or even <laughs> Rochester, Syracuse people or Albany people for that matter that have yeah. been on the show. So yeah, I went to a small liberal, liberal arts school, Division Three school, had like 5,000 people there. It was a hell of a time. But yeah, you get outside of the Rochester area and you say that you went to Sui Geneseo and not many people will know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, but it's a good school, <laughs> you guys. I'm vouching for him. So, and you you were in banking for 10 years, even though you're only like 33 now. So you were in banking for 10 years before The Bachelor. Yeah. So I, well, I went to school. I went to I started college a little early. So I was 17 when I started college. And I remember that because I played Division three soccer. My parents, I'm in the room. I couldn't practice because my parents had to set, sign my NCAA waiver and everyone made fun of me. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was about it was just over nine years. So June, of I started working the like month after I graduated. And then I stopped my time at the bank in September of 2018. So yeah, it was about, it was just about like nine, nine and a half years or just over to nine go, and a half. To go on The Bachelor. No, is that like the eight and a half year mark? So I went on The Bachelor and this is a lot of what my book about the restart roadmap. You always wonder like, what? What do people, how do they get on the show when they have these like real jobs, right? And so the yeah. whole story of me getting on the show, given the opportunity to go, and then also given like the blow to get out is all told in this story. And I wrote a memo to my boss. The exact memo I wrote to my boss is in the book. And, you know, I'll, if, you, if you stag a book, you'll get to see it all. But essentially, I went to The Bachelor. I took three months. It was about three months off of work. I got approval for it because I had 29 days of vacation built up. And then I went on paid time leave off after that. And then right when the show ended that next week, I went back to work for about a year and I was ultimately 
pushed out the door of my job because these worlds of the personal social media life and the mm. professional life eventually collided. Yeah, that makes sense. When does your book drop? Restart so roadmap. so the book is on pre-sale right now. You can get it like anywhere, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Target, et cetera. But it comes out on the shelves April 5th. I love when I discover a brand and then I get to partner with them because it's like a lot of times I find out about brands through partnering with them. And that's how I end up loving them with Catalina Crunch. It went the other way. I was like, what is this amazing keto cereal that tastes like Captain Crunch, but it's like good for you. Okay. Like what? How? It's like, amazing keto, low carb, and it's great for anyone who wants a nutritious way to enjoy their favorite snacks. I legit, when I was snacking on their, on their cereal, like I was snacking on it. Like I I didn't even use it as like a cereal. I was just like, this is so good to even just snack on. And it just tastes great. It has zero sugar. Like I said, keto friendly and low carb, and they have amazing, amazing flavors, you guys. And it has 11 grams of plant-based protein and nine grams of fiber. Isn't that so great? So I love the cinnamon toast flavor. They also have dark chocolate, which is a vibe and creamy chocolate peanut butter. Hello. You don't know what flavor to try first? Get their variety pack, you guys. They're gluten-free, grain-free, non-GMO and clean ingredients. Amazing. Go to Catalina crunch.com slash not skinny for 15% off your order plus free shipping. That's Catalina crunch.com slash not skinny. Not sure which flavor to start with. Try a variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's Catalina crunch.com slash not skinny for your first order. That's Catalina crunch.com slash not skinny for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. See why Catalina Crunch Cereal is the fastest growing cereal brand in America. Okay, you guys, we've talked about this before. Listen, whether you don't shave your legs, whether you do shave your bikini area, your pits, whatever you choose to shave, Billy is the best razor for that. Billy is a razor for women created by women, and it's half the price you'd expect. Okay, you don't even have to go to your drugstore. What I love about Billy is it's made for women to go where our curves are at, go where it needs to go, if you know what I mean. And it just gives such a smooth, amazing shave. And what I extra, extra love about it is it comes with a cult favorite magnetic holder that you put in your shower um, and it makes it just so much easier. It also comes with a really affordable starter kit, which comes with the award-winning razor, two five-blade refill cartridges, and that cult favorite magnetic holder that we talked about. So Billy is literally, I swear, the razor that I use, the razor that I travel with, and I wouldn't suffer another second paying pink tax for a bad shave. Go to mybilly.com slash not skinny to get the best razor you will ever own. It's also cute. While supporting this show, Billy is half the price of other razors plus free shipping always. Just go to mybilly.com dot com slash not skinny. It's spelled my Billy B I L L I E dot com slash not skinny. That's my dot com slash not skinny. Let me tell you guys, Jason also has a podcast on dear media, which is my podcast network also called trading secrets. And you're like one of the only dudes. So you probably feel special. It's cool to be on that group. Dear media is <laughs> doing a great job. It's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah. 
No, they're amazing. And what I love about Jason's podcast also petrifies me is how he literally you're you're basically like breaking the barrier, kind of breaking fourth wall into influencer life, a lot of it and financials, which is such a scary thing. But obviously, as a consumer and listener, I love to hear it. Would I want to go on your podcast and like share my (laughs) shit? I don't know. And so, but tell us about that because this is wild. Yeah, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up. So because like some of these podcasts, you know, like sell on like sex stories and stuff like that. So if you say like, what is your thing? It's certainly, certainly not sex. It's money. And so what we're trying to do with the podcast called Trading Secrets is we are trying to give people a peek behind the curtains of what industries there are and the way people are making money. Because I think that every dollar earned or lost, there's like such a great story we can learn from it if we talk about it in a healthy way. Not a braggadocious way, not a I'm the man way, but like, this is how much I made then, this is what I'm making now, and this is how maybe like at home you could do it too. And I think the whole entire book, Restart Roadmap and Trading Secrets, is all about whether it was from the you know offices of the most powerful executives on Wall Street to behind the scenes of The Bachelor, seeing things behind like Good Morning America and stuff. There are so many lessons that can be learned that you won't be able to learn unless you see them behind the curtain. And between finances and career navigation, this book and that podcast have allowed me to like showcase that in so many different industries. We've had reality stars, we've had chefs on, actors, musicians, we've had average Joes who are just working in certain industries. So it's been fun. Didn't you get A-Rod recently? We just had A-Rod on, which was awesome. Yeah. it was. I mean, to Wait. meet that guy in person, I mean, that dude has got, you know how you meet people Some and there's presence. like the circle of energy? This guy has like a hemisphere of energy around him. It's wild. Oh my God. I talked a lot of shit about A-Rod. So I would stay far away from that room, you know? Yeah. Well, here's what I'll say to that whole situation because I'm not going to get into it, but there's a lot more to the story than I think we all know. Damn, Jason, you can't do that. (laughs) You literally can't. Well, A, I'm sure, but wow. I mean, yeah, meeting some of those people in real life is like, I mean, would you call it like star quality? Would say that again. What do you mean? Would you call it like because you said you felt like a whole like oh, yes. energy around him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think with him, it's like the star quality. But also when I kicked the interview off, I said to him, you know, there's about eight billion people in this world. And you not only are like the best baseball player to ever live, one of them, you're the most followed on social media of any MLB player ever. You're one of the only athletes that owns a professional team. He owns the NBA Minnesota Timberwolves. And you're one of like the most relevant people in pop culture. And he's like a business tycoon. I'm like, one of those things is one in 8 billion, but you're all those things. Like how? And he attributed it to luck, but he also attributed it. And you could just tell being in his office and in his, in his inner, like everything and his whole, everything that he had, the people that worked for him, he lives his life in what he calls the sixth gear, right? So gears go to five. So sixth gear, like he goes all in, meticulously well thought out, hardworking, pre-planned. Everything is so 100 miles an hour, and it has been his whole life, that he never lets fear or confusion dictate a decision. And so what he admitted on the podcast is the result of that. He's like, I've had some serious cringe moments in my life. I've had some times where I look back and I am embarrassed at that person. But because I live my life in this sixth degree, I'm getting learning lessons that might take one 
two, five, ten lifetimes of your average individual. And I think when you feel that energy around him, he's so prepared and so planned and so meticulous with that vibe that it's just like this culmination of 46 years of just what someone else would do in like 15 lifetimes. Wow. It's deep. <laughs> no, Jason, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> you're like, I kind of am. You're like, wait, I kind of am. Like, I'm yeah, like, you're like fun. all these things. No, because you were just telling that story and I'm suddenly like into A-Rod where I was just reporting on like, oh my God, he did this to J-Lo. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I don't like, do I care about all of his shit? Well, now I do. But okay, so back to your podcast, which spills all this these secrets and, and kind of breaks the, like it, it's being super transparent. So does that mean, have you done an episode where you're super transparent about your own shit? Yeah, so I've done, I do, a, I've done two now. They're called, we call him Jason Tells All episode. And I have my co-host interview me and at, and he's one of my very, very close friends. And he truly doesn't know these things. But I tell him, you have free reign to ask me whatever you want if legally I can talk about it. And so he will drill me with questions. And then also I'll say, like, I, I hate to keep plugging it, but it also does correlate away, back baby. to the restart roadmap is that I do talk about numbers, like how much I was offered to go on Bachelor in Paradise, how much I was offered mm. to go on to be The Bachelor, what like, you know, Colton Blake were offered, stuff like that. So I get into some numbers in the book too, but on the podcast, yeah, he drills me with everything. How do you feel comfortable doing that? I don't. Like how? Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel comfortable at all. I did the first episode and it was a train wreck. I got like all this feedback, like, dude, that sucked. You didn't tell us anything. It was really bad. I got really bad feedback on it. So the next one I went in and tried to get more comfortable with it. And I think the idea here is the reason I'm uncomfortable is the same reason I'm doing this podcast. I'm uncomfortable, mm. I think, because we have these societal norms that we grow up in as to what etiquette is. And you don't talk about how much you make. If I told a co-banker when I worked at the bank how much I make, I get HR might fire me because how dare you do that? And so I'm still uncomfortable from it, but we have to do it. Because if we do it, we have more information to negotiate for ourselves, to negotiate with our bosses, to get better deals, to spend less. But I think the system makes us uncomfortable with it because it's like against etiquette. But really, if we talk about it in a healthy way, it only helps all of us. Yeah. I think the only thing that would scare me is like, I mean, I believe in kind of like evil lion shit, you know? Like, hey, well, what do you I mean that like, let's say you go on, you're on the podcast and you tell people how much you make. Yeah. Right. And then all these fucking haters are like, fucking, like voodoo dolling, dolling you. Oh, for like, sure. Like, totally. you know what I mean? Like cursing the day, like, you know, cause a lot of people even specifically for influencers and, and you do other things. You're not, you're not the typical, you know, bachelor nation, you know, in just Instagram influencer, even though you do brand deals as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I do brand deals. And I now also own 50% of a talent agency in which I source brand deals for other, other talent too. Oh, which yeah. talent agency is that? So the agency, right. We're actually going through a name change, but it's called MTC agency. MTC agency. It's run by, yeah. The operator is named Evan Saar. So you're really in the biz. You're really, really in the biz. And you know yeah. what else I just saw? So, okay. So that's my thing. My thing is I'm like an open fucking book, right? <laughs> yeah. If I felt like it was a safe space, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But if you're putting it on a podcast, like you don't know who's listening. Sure. People that might fucking hate you yeah. and might 
hate the idea that you're making a dollar. You yeah. know what I mean? I think the thing is I live my life in that corporate banking role so fucking well. Can I swear or no? Is that okay? Oh, okay. please swear. <laughs> so fucking worried about <laughs> everything everyone thought, the way I dressed, the way my hair looks, and it took a really big mental toll on me. I talk about that in the book, Pills, everything. And I was so focused on being this image of what success was in the eyes of everyone else that I totally had no connection to myself. And I just don't care. Like if people want to hate on me, if people want to chirp me, if people want to come at me, that's fine. When you listen to that podcast, Jason Tells All, I really, when I listen back to it, I think I do it in a very healthy way where I talk about, yes, this is what I made this year, but also let's talk about next year. It could be gone in a second. It could be gone in three years. This is why I made this much and this is how it could instantly change. Also, let's not just talk about where I made money. Let's talk about this stock I bought this year where I'm down like 40 grand because of all these errors I made in my selection. That was a huge failure. So I think talking about both of them and doing it in a really healthy way is what I'm there to do. And if people like judge and come at me for it, it's okay. Every guest that comes on my show, I expect the same. And, and usually they do the same. And it's great. I mean, like Rob Deerdeck came on the show, right? I mean, take a guess. Would you have any idea how much Rob Deerdeck made per episode on, on his show? What was his show What's called? What's the, the big show he has? It's on uh, Ridiculousness. Oh, what? Um, a hundred grand. Right. So th this is the cool thing about the episode. Like he talks yeah. about it, not in a bragging way, but he makes 125 K per episode. But oh, I wasn't too off. You weren't too off, but he negotiated ad placement rights so that every ad that he brought in, he would get paid. And on top of it, he owned a production company that was doing like $50,000 in, in revenue. And he made the deal that every single episode has to be done by his production company. So in that deal, he says how I went from making 125K an episode to millions an episode. And even though that's like monopoly dollars, all of us, maybe we sit back at home wherever we are and think like, wait, maybe there's something is an angle I could be thinking about my job and negotiating 100%. doing things differently. 100%. And you're so right that in any industry, even though, you know, in my, like, I'm thinking about myself right now, right? And everyone who's listening is thinking about their industry. I remember in the beginning of my career, I was like DMing, you know, people being like, how much do you, you know, charge? Because I didn't know. You don't know these things. Yeah, no you know one what I knows mean? these things. And guess who, guess what? Why aren't we talking about it? Because if you're not, the only person that's, that's benefiting off it are the people at the top, right? Right. Um, and even in my the book, every single position I had, I talk about the money I make. Like the fir first position I ever had out of school, 2010, I think it was it was either 40 or $45,000 in the year I was making. So it's, you know, I talk about the growth, the lows, the highs, everything. I can't believe you just started working right away. We graduated the same year. We're the same age. Yeah. It took me, it took me a few years. Okay. Have you guys heard about Rothy's? Because they could be your literal everyday new shoe obsession. They're so comfortable. And you guys know that comfort is first for me. They come in amazing styles and colors and you can wash them. Hello. What is up? That is amazing. Shoes you can wash and not, you know, worry about them getting dirty and they're comfortable. Thank you. They have their everyday sneaker. That's such a vibe. It's laceless and amazing. And they have a bunch of other, you know, flats with a pointy uh, front or kind of like a ballet flat. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's so comfortable. After a wash, they're just like they were when they were brand new. And they're literally for every single day. So you guys check out Rothy's and see why millions of women are obsessed with them and wear them 
every single day. And what I love most about it is everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. Isn't that amazing? So step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash not skinny. That's Rothy's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash not skinny. Oh my God, you guys, we talked about it. The trip that I was just on was a trip. Okay. It wasn't a vacation. You know what a vacation is? That is a beach vacation using cheapcaribbean.com. That is an all-inclusive beach vacation where there is tons of food, tons of drinks and for less money and with less worries. Because let's be honest, when you go on an all-inclusive vacation, you don't want to go about town. You don't need to really do anything else, but lay by the pool, sip a margarita, overeat and go to the beach that, you know, the, the resort beach, you don't need any more than that. You need a hotel robe, a good nap, air conditioning in the hotel, oh, dinner downstairs. I'm literally salivating. Cheapcaribbean.com has amazing deals on incredible all-inclusive beach vacations throughout the Caribbean, Central America, and Mexico, including Cancun, Jamaica, Los Cabos, Punta Cana, Aruba, and more. Book today and get a next-level beach vacation at any RIU hotels and resorts in the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America. Less money, less worries, more beach. When you book at CheapCaribbean.com, that's cheap, C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N, in case you didn't know how to spell Caribbean. So book now at CheapCaribbean.com. Where'd you go to school, Amanda? Oh, thank you, Jason. I thought you'd never ask Ithaca College. Do you know it? Great school. Great area. Beautiful. Yeah, I love it. It's funny when I say Ithaca to people who don't know, like you say Geneseo. So it's, for me, it's like, you know, Cornell. And then, <laughs> so not the Ivy League. Not that, but if anyone the out Ivy there, League. Ithaca is an unbelievable school. And we used to I play Ithaca it. in soccer. I love soccer. Why isn't soccer bigger here in the U.S.? I don't know. But it's funny living in Nashville. It's such a Nashville, New York. It's literally like I'm on a different planet. But I'll have buddies here that grew up, born and raised here. And like we'll work out together and like we'll be on the squat rack. And I'm not saying this to put my tires, but I'll have like a good squat or something. And they'll look at me like I have eight heads and they're like, why did you play soccer, hockey, lacrosse? Like what is like what was wrong with you? Like did you was your dad a pro soccer player? I'm like, <laughs> no, I just I liked it. They're like, yeah, but why? Why'd you do that? I'm like, I know I just like the game, but do you know there's football? Like, why would you, (laughs) what do you mean? You didn't play. They can't comprehend how someone with like a slight bit of athleticism would ever do anything but play football. I don't get it. You guys, (laughs) soccer is so huge. Like in Europe, like all over the world, I don't get why in the U.S. it's like not a thing. Is it just because football like monopolized sports? I think so. I think so. It's fascinating. It's the number one sport in the world. Wow. Wild. I love soccer, though. Mm-hmm. Players are hot. Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, that guy is the hottest dude ever. I mean, I think if speaking of Instagram, I think he was the number one followed in the number one earner, I think, for a while. For a while. I don't know if that changed. I even just saw you posted and it was so apropos, apropos, yeah. apropos, whatever, because <laughs> I I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to be an open book right now. I just sure. got off a call with a manager. I have an agent, but, but with a manager and I was trying to explain to my sister, the conversation, mm-hmm. she was like, well, what'd they say they were going to do? And I was like, and I was explaining it. And then literally your reel popped up where you had like a TikToker 
say, like tell you a story, right? You had a Cor- TikTok on your podcast. Corporate Natalie. Yeah. And yeah. she said that she had a conversation with the manager and they were saying they would help her with her cameo strategy. And she was like, <laughs> what? So, I mean, yeah. So a lot of good little definitely can relate to that. So Jason, can you tell us on your team, what do you have going on in your team? Do you have an agent, a manager? Yeah. So what, how I first started working is I had, I would take deals from a couple people and then I started to learn that there was a massive gap, right? Get enough market. And this, this is like, I want people to listen to this and think about anything that they're buying or selling or as they're negotiating their job, this kind of relates, but I don't know the market well. So I found a way to know the market by working with a few agents. I saw that the market had extreme volatility in what I was being offered by these agents, which gives me more information. Either there's money being taken off the top or they don't know how to negotiate well, et cetera. So then what I started to do was be my own agent. I then brought on one of my very close friends, now Evan Saar. This story is told in the book. He, the worst deal I've ever done in my life was derived from Evan Saar, but he found a way to make it the best weekend of my entire life. So he knew that the deal he could offer for the company he worked for was very minimal, but he knew I had to be there anyway that weekend in New York City to see my brother. So he went out and found like seven other things that I could do that weekend that were fun, that my brother could be involved in and that I could get paid top dollar. And somehow at the end of the weekend, he paid the littlest amount out, but it was one of the most profitable weekends I had all because of him. So I was like, this guy's smart brought him on board, taught him the industry. He's now my manager. I then invested in him to, for him to start his own agency and now have 50% of that. So he's who I work through majority of my deals, but I still take deals from other agents out there. I'm not exclusive with anybody. I would tell mm. anyone out there, unless you are a big time celebrity, I don't care if you have 100 followers or 100 million, unless you are big, big time with a massive longevity, like you are going to be in the game for 20, 30 years because you are that good. You shouldn't be exclusive with anyone. And that's kind of the deal. And then on Restart, we have a few employees. And in the agency, we have a few employees. But mainly Evan and mostly that agency is who I work with. Wow. So Evan... When you met him, he was working for a talent agency? He was working for a whole nother company. Yeah. Like a whole other talent agency. Right. He was in that space. Sending you deals. Sent you a bad deal. Gave you a great weekend. You connected with him, vibed with him, made him your manager. Now you have a company together. Precisely. Yep. Exactly. Love that. But there's things he can't do. Like the podcast, he couldn't couldn't get me a podcast deal because it wasn't in his realm yet. So there was like another agent who I knew knew the podcast space well, and they helped me with that deal. So it's like uh, putting a puzzle together to make sure that everyone is doing what they do best and to make sure that the value, the organic placement, and the profitability are at their highest potential based on who I'm working with. It must be nice for Caitlin that like she can talk to you about any deal <laughs> and run it by. It's like having another, you know business manager on your side and banker and all this shit. There was a Damn, lot of, Jason. I think there was a lot of holes in the finances, at least of Caitlin's business when I, we first met and we've got them all patched up and things are great. She's killing it. <laughs> you were like, ah, <laughs> like that cat like, meme. So it's been fun. Oh my God. Okay. You guys. So definitely check out restart roadmap, Jason's book and his podcast trading secrets. Can we talk a little bit about this season Clayton season? I was out of the country for like the past month, couldn't, couldn't really watch. So I just caught up. By the way, you guys, you can fast forward through so much of these episodes. <laughs> just Have watch the last three. Oh, A, yes. 
a hundred, but also the episodes themselves. Like I don't need to see his 35 minute, you know, talk with his family. Like that's not what I'm here for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Unless it was like Barb, you know, yeah. I mean, whatever. So there was a lot of drama. Where, where do you stand in that? Because I felt I like thinking about things not like because everyone's hating him so much. I was trying to less hate him. Yes. You get what I mean? Yeah. And understand him a little bit. What What were you feeling? Yes, I was totally like I felt this roller coaster of emotions with Clayton in the whole season because when he kind of snapped on Susie the way he did, I was so like pissed off like i was like what are you doing dude i was mad but then you also especially someone who's been through it you have to take a step a few steps back and really think through this and have let this person have the opportunity to speak you know when you think through it there was a lot of strategy and when susie would be going for her suite right there was a lot of you know build up for susie wow they keep coming back there's a lot of things behind the scenes that can impact what we see. And as a viewer, it's important to know that. Here's the thing though. Here's my take on it all. Every human listening to this podcast, watching that show, you and I, I'm gonna make a bold assumption that at some point in our life, when we had emotional distress and we were in the middle of a fight and we were taken aback and caught off guard, we probably look back at a certain scenario and think about what we could have done better in that scenario and how we could have maybe controlled ourselves more, said something different, didn't react on emotion the way we did. We've all been there. I think Clayton would have and would be in such a better position if he just took a lot more ownership with that and said, I got caught up in the show. I did love it. I was falling in love with these two girls. There was nothing manipulative, but Susie is who I did have the most feelings with. And when she told me she was going to leave, my heart was broke. My instant heart was broken and people have been there. And the way I reacted was not the way that I want to be as a human. But guess what? Through life, we go through these. You have gone through it. I've gone through it. We've all been there. And if you can see it and watch it and live it and also have millions of Americans tell you what a piece of shit you are, you have the opportunity to learn so much and grow as a human. And that's what I think when we hear him on certain podcasts in certain areas, I think we're seeing now is Clayton used this as an unbelievable learning experience to be a better human. And I think continuing to take ownership through this entire process and, and, and using it as self-development would, would make Clayton a lot more relatable and likable and also would be so much better for what's next for Clayton as he grows as a person. Because I think we've all had scenarios where we haven't been our best version of ourselves under moments of heartbreak and panic and, and disarray and stress. 100%. I said yesterday, like less eloquently than you, that, <laughs> that at the end of the day, like we need to remember also, this is not a normal situation for anybody. They're dating multiple people to begin with. All of these women are telling them they're in love with him. Like, this is not a normal situation to begin with. Did he handle it? Unspeak. Like, it was just so bad. Everything he did, I was like, no. He was like, no, but I love you more. Like, I was just laughing. I had to laugh at this point. I know I'm late to the game. So it's like, I'm not going to be like recapping this. Like, I'm the first bitch to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to say like, this is funny. Like, he was like, no, but I need to see who I love the most. Like, it was 
it was a little, you know, it was a little comical. It was, but he didn't handle it well. He handled it about as bad as you could. That's exactly it. Here's he what's interesting. It about as bad as he could. Let's talk about this though for just one second, because I find this so fascinating that like America or the general watching public, we hold like reality television stars to at least from The Bachelor to this level that is literally higher than we hold some of the best athletes in the world that we watch, our politicians, presidents, and leaders, our business tycoons. Like you have this guy who is on a show to date 30 people who did not handle this the best. And it goes to three they, for 25 years. There's been three fantasy suite keys. Like we know what's going to happen. And people are literally chastising him, like, like sending death threats to the guy. But like, Look at how many people and so every day we're seeing like, okay, this NFL, I, I could think of right now, one NFL quarterback who has 22 women right now who have a file claim against him for sexual harassment just got picked up by the Browns. Like you could think of how many stories of infidelity we're hearing from like big, very, you know, reputable relationships with kids. And I mean, I could go on and on, but it's unbelievable how the, like the bachelor viewing audience and the, those blogs and all these like, they hold some of these people to a level that we don't hold the most like important people with the most power in the world to. It's crazy. It's crazy, Jason. But maybe it goes back to exactly what you're saying. Maybe it's just the audience. Like, who is the audience here? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. who is the audience that literally kills people off? Like, you know, what happened to Blake after Paradise? And yeah. I mean, he's he's like back and bouncing and I'm, I'm happy things are going well for him. But yeah, they literally take people and you're right. Hold them to a degree which we wouldn't like. Imagine yourself in that situation. Who's to know? what you would do and what what he did at the end of the day is fucked up but it's yeah. like fuck boy player like bad dude to date like he didn't i i was kind of shook by watching it you know delayed knowing how the whole country fucking despises him you know when they announced him and Susie were together i like looked at the comments as one normally would and it literally was so not supportive and it's like what did she do like she whatever it's it's do you ever feel even though you know you were kind of in this world do you feel like you're forced to watch because of what you do because of you were on the show or do you feel like you want to watch or what do, what are you feeling about it I think that sometimes I think in general eh, it's like 50 50 like sometimes I want to watch sometimes I don't want to watch and I think that like I don't know. Some seasons do it for me and some seasons don't. For example, I'm I'm in the very like small group of people, very small group of people that like for some reason I don't vibe with Paradise. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe because I didn't go. I don't know. But I never <laughs> maybe like, I'm bitter. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't, yeah, maybe I'm bitter. I didn't go. No, I. Uh, but like I don't. I don't know. I I don't tweet about it. I don't really talk about it. The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I always get sucked in with their promos and stuff, and I enjoy it. And you know, Caitlin watches it, of course, because she recaps it and she'll ask my opinion. And typically we're together. It's like a fun little thing to do together, just like I did with my mom in 2002 when uh, Tristan Ryan were on. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And the thing is, like you said, like at the end of the day, you have ownership over your own shit. If you don't watch Paradise, no one's going to come knocking at your fucking door. Yeah, you know, for you can sure. do whatever you want. Totally. But I mean, I don't I also don't want to dodge that because like I'm uh, I kind of take pride trying to lay into some of these questions like there is a, a real for sure correlation 
that if anyone from Bachelor World is talking about Bachelor things, the you know engagement levels and the discussion topics, it becomes it's 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 more like effective, right? Your engagement and all that other bullshit is definitely higher. People from the Bachelor will do better when they're talking about the Bachelor stuff. This is why Nick Vial on the podcast we got like in the weeds with this conversation of how do you manage building a brand off of being from The Bachelor while still making sure you're addressing a, a main part of the reason you even have a following. So it's like this, it's right. this wild world we got in the weeds on. but Right, because there are a lot of people that try not to, and it's a bad look because it's like, no whence you came, you know? Yeah, I would say no where a, you came. I don't know if it's a bad look, but I think, I do to your point, I think like, don't forget why some of these opportunities and platformers there. And it's all because of that, like the same production team and the people that we, you know, give shit to, or it's the same reason that you have that following, that people are asking your opinion on it. And I think, you know, it's so important to never forget your roots, right? I agree. Okay. I have a big thing to ask you because April 1st is coming up. Okay. And I would, (laughs) I, We'll never forget the prank that Caitlin Bristow did. Was it last April Fools? Yeah. Like, Jason, I have your face, like, like in my head right now. Like, what? What? Like, I have it there. Like, okay, if you guys don't know, go find the video. It's probably on Caitlin's uh, thing. But she pranked Jason basically with something like she called you telling you that, like, her nudes leaked or something. Yeah. Then I mean, it was very orchestrated she no it's way more orchestrated uh, it was way that, more yeah. orchestrated the two second thing is she sent me a nude the night before and then she got every single one of her friends april 1st at the same time all different people different backgrounds to text me what the hell did you just post on your instagram in different ways and so all of a sudden i'm thinking Jeez. somehow this nude that she sent me somehow ended up on my story and all these people are confirming it and she documented the whole thing and i freaked out and yeah it was a disaster i got punked <laughs> and you were upset jason are you a je- like you're like kind of like a jealous like this is my woman i don't want no, anyone to see her I was, naked kind of- whoa 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 i was i would i mean that's her thing i was mortified that i would be responsible for the one oh. to leak a photo of her. Like, how could I dare do that? Like, oh. what an embarrassing, like, you know, who do I, like, how do I, on my story of a naked photo of my fiance, it's like, oh how, how would I do that? So to me, I was so, I was so anxious about me. I was like, what the fuck did I do? What happened? What did I do? What did I do? Oh my God, Jason, I felt you so, how long did it take you to like laugh about it? Cause you were pretty angry in the video. I get over things really quick. It, <laughs> it took me, it probably took me like 25 minutes and I was okay, like, okay, but you know what this means? You got to start planning, baby. I know. I know. I have two really and good, I'm I assuming really like, good ideas. Okay. I think you can share it here because I don't think Caitlin listened. So what should we do? Hmm. Um, You're scared it'll get to her. All right, I'm gonna give one idea. Hopefully, I don't think I could do this now. But she and, and I, if anyone has any ideas, like come DM me, please, or shoot. But me this an needs email. to be, you guys. Don't like this. I mean, what she did was pre-thought out. The nude was sent to you for this purpose, oh, right? Yeah, you don't the just night get before, the, the nude daily. was all part of the process. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking she's like, I'm thinking like she is obsessed with Justin Bieber. And I've been doing research about these two like incredible, incredible Bieber impersonators. 
I'm and dead. I'm trying to think about something about like how I would get her like going nuts, like having no idea, like expecting this thing from this Bieber impersonator, thinking it's Justin, telling everybody, you know, she'd go on her Instagram and be like, you guys won't believe what happened. And then like somehow pulling the rug out on for under her and being like, yeah, that was impersonator. None of that's true. Kind of like when I got, when I engaged to her, when I got engaged, we had faked the fact that there was this huge Apple sponsor and her manager was in on it. I was in on it. So we do this whole podcast and Caitlin goes to bring on the guest. There's all these videos there. Caitlin's like thinking she's getting this huge sponsorship deal. And right then and there, I proposed to her on the podcast, which was the same place that I had met her. The first time Caitlin and I ever met, it was recorded. So we have the recording from the first interactions as humans together and the proposal. She had no idea. So I need to get her like somehow like that. Like I got her for the engagement surprise. Wait, first of all, that's beautiful. And do we have a wedding date? We don't have a wedding date yet, but we're looking at venues. Okay, that's good. And okay, first of all, I'm happy to know that you're thinking about something and you're taking this April Fool seriously because this was one of the most important things I wanted to ask you because I was like, he needs to like get his shit together. (laughs) Yes, I am. And and listen, anyone out there, like uh, if this comes out before April 1st, please message me. I'm begging you for ideas. Yeah. And if I come together, and I'm I'm not sure about this be more impersonator. Well, well, listen, I need ideas. I'm not good. But if someone from this show gives me an idea, I'm going to come back. We're going to credit that person. I'm going to tell the full inside scoop like we're doing it all. Jason, you're a fucking gem. I believe in you (laughs) and everything you do. Seriously, thanks for coming on the podcast. Everyone check out Trading Secrets. It's also on Dear Media. Get the inside scoop on everything. Finances behind the scenes. Restart roadmap book is out now pre-sale pre-sale, pre-sale is out now yeah yeah and get on amazon and thank you jason for coming on amanda nice thank nice you, you so much for having me it's good to be in the dear media family together and we'll talk again soon thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of not skinny but not fat follow me on instagram at not skinny but not fat subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes rate the podcast that you love so much on Apple Podcasts and write a little review. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next Tuesday. 